Hey, Mike Lynch here. Hey, and I'm Patrick Harris. You probably like baseball, which is why you're listening to this. This is the uh, Hot Corner Podcast. Well, I kind of like baseball. I guess I'll tune in. Baseball's pretty neat, so thanks for listening. This is brought to you by your local Les Schwab Tire Center. Doing the right thing since 1952. Woo, baseball! And now the pitch by Martinez is up and in and hits Gerald Williams on the left hand. Dig your cleats in. Now he's going to charge them out. He's going to charge Martinez, and the fight is on. He got a right hand in before he grabbed him behind by Baratek, and now the benches are empty. It's time for Hour 2 of the Hot Corner with Patrick Harris. Yerzhinsky wanting to know, am I going? He is going. And Mike Lynch. It is a collision at the plate, and Yerzhinsky not only bangs into Barrett, bangs onto the plate, and here they go. Step up to the plate for Hour 2 of the Hot Corner. Posebnik getting into it with Barrett. Some hooking going on in the bottom of two piles. On 1080. Whoa. Bautista got all he could handle with that. Wow. That's some pretty solid contact right there. The fan. Welcome to the second hour of the Hot Corner. If you're missing the first hour, you can download that at the Les Schwab Tires podcast at 1080 The Fan. Speaking of podcasts, Beers on Us podcast drops tomorrow at 4 p.m. wherever you get your podcasts. Also, just easier on 1080thefan.com or radio.com. Uh, Mike and I uh, talk a little Rona, talk a little a lot of beers we drank this week. Yeah. We like the burrs. We do like the burrs. We like the burrs. And Tombstone, Slap it base, man. and Tombstone is officially on the tube. People have already died. Yeah, immediately. Look at that mustache on Powers Booth. That is a mustache. That is a Powers mustache right there. I know his name is Powers Booth. Great is name. that just phenomenal? Yeah, it's great. I can't tell if I like him in this movie more or Deadwood. You seen Deadwood, the HBO show? I have not. Oh my god, it's so good, and Powers is so is incredible. Is he typecast as a Western guy? Because yeah, kind he of has that. Face. Oh, look at him. He kind of has. Yeah. That. Is he always the villain? I have not seen him as a good guy, if that's what you're asking me. But I can also only name you two things I've seen him <laughs> in. So he's a he's a Western villain, okay? Uh, but I do find him to be a phenomenal actor. In the things I've seen him in, I find him quite enjoyable. There you go. Those two things. I'm sure there's other movies I've seen him in that I'm just not thinking of. He does have a very recognizable face. Yeah. God, he's so good. Oh, man. I got to remember we got to actually, like, talk about stuff. Yeah. That, <clears throat> we'll, we'll save the movie for the breaks. We'll enjoy yep, it then. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, so we were talking about Blake Snell's uh, comments earlier, uh, a last segment, and I want to bring this into a little broader scope because I'm concerned that as you mentioned this and I mentioned, I think we're both in agreement that I think a lot of players feel the same way Blake Snell did does. He just, he was just the one guy to say it. And again, it was like an on the record, but off record candidly. So if a lot of other players are feeling this way, I'm quite concerned. We're not going to see baseball, which is a huge switch for me yeah. from like a month ago when I was like, baseball's going to happen. This is going to be done because baseball is the easiest sport Outside of outside of NASCAR, which is going on right now, baseball is the easiest sport to bring back without fans. Well, you could probably say tennis is pretty easy too. Golf's probably pretty easy, but you got to bring your own balls. Yeah, have you guys seen that? 
Well, there's a great video out no, there. No, I did, yeah. yeah. Okay. The, the lady was like, oh, I realize what I said there. Just make sure you're only touching your own balls. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, there are sports that are easier than baseball, but among the, like, major sports, yeah, baseball would be the easiest to bring back. And I was big. I was like, this is going to happen. People would ask me in my day-to-day -day life, whether I was at work, talking with friends, things like that, just candid conversations, yo, hey, you're a baseball guy. Is baseball going to happen? I was like, yes, baseball's going to happen. We're going to get baseball before the 4th of July. I'm a little concerned about that right now due to if the players feel this way, this could be 94 all over again. Well, didn't even Bryce Harper come out and say like, well, someone had to say it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Tommy I, Glavin's backed him too. I, I, I did agree with you where I was like, oh yeah, baseball come back. The players will agree. And uh, the players are not agreeing. It was almost, it almost felt like, and I know this was probably a stupid conclusion to come to, it almost felt like it was a given the players were going to sign the contract and we'd be back July 3rd or whatever the mm -hmm. was. Mm -hmm. Which they did. They signed the 33% cut. Right. No, no, no. The new one. When, when, oh. they came, when they came back and said the MLB is proposing their plan, which would be July 3rd start, 80-game season, hyper-regionalized, all those things that were in it uh, that included the revenue split, it was like, oh, the players will sign it. Maybe there'll be some negotiating here or there. And it's like, yeah, no, I don't think they're going to sign this. And they're also mad because they're putting a temporary salary cap in which uh, people are worried will become a permanent salary cap because MLB is going to slip that in. You know? Don't mess with that MOBPA, man. Um, yeah, I'm starting to be – I mean, at some point, the players are going to want to play, I would imagine. Truth. But, I mean, if it's a stalemate, then it's a stalemate. And like I've said from the beginning, even though, of course, I would love baseball to come back and I would watch it, uh, I don't mind if we lose the season. I don't <clears> mind <throat> if we just say, hey, we'll go we'll, – we'll, we'll get him next year. Spring training will start in February of 2021, and Cubs lost, are going to win it next year, baby. And we lost a season, and it's that's it. You know, it's it sucks, but that's it. And I'm okay with that. I yeah. have accepted that internally. Um, part of it is is and and John came on primetime the other day and said this, and I I feel like I'm out on an island when I say this. I don't want a shorter season. Yeah, my, one of my and, I, and I'm the opposite of you. One of my favorite things about baseball is the daily grind. I love it's that huge. there's 162 games. I love that there's opportunities for teams to change it up and make massive switches in, in their season. I love the fact that the Nationals in May last year were dog-ass and won the World Series. It also makes us a superior fantasy sport. Absolutely, because there's a lot of stuff going on, and you pay way more attention to it. Um, like I said, of course I will watch whatever baseball is given to me because I love the sport dearly. It's my favorite sport by Except far. KBO. And... Um, I will watch whatever MLB is given to me there you because go. I love the league dearly. There you go. And uh, it is uh, my favorite. The um, I, I prefer to have a full season. So I'm totally okay with wiping out the, the sport this year. I'm okay with football being wiped out this year. I really me am. Me too. I am, I am mentally prepared for no sports until 2021. I'm mentally prepared for that. Um, so if it, if that happens, that sucks. But I'm okay with it, and I think a lot of people, you have to get ready mentally for that to be a thing, because the leagues are feeling it feels like there's momentum. It feels like there's getting closer, and, and and I'm sure that there's a higher percentage chance they return than not, because boy, these leagues like their money. But just be mentally prepared for it not to happen, because or for it to shut down immediately because there's cases. I mean, it's it still seems very soon. That's all. Well, and what you were saying as far as the daily grind of baseball, while that's like one of the best parts about baseball it's a monday through sunday sport basically right and everybody's all poo-poo in july august baseball and i'm right. like let's go baby it's the only thing we got yeah. come on 
But that could be its downfalls because the NBA has somewhat of an advantage. They just have to finish their season. They can hopefully crank that out in a month, and they can space games out because players obviously can't do back-to-backs with that. I've heard NHL saying that they're only going to bring back the top 24 teams in playoff contention, so you just drop the bottom six or eight. I don't know how many are in that league. Right, right. And then uh, NFL football obviously weighs away for them to get that all figured out. But MLB, if you want that daily grind, that's a lot of – that's interactions every day between different teams. And if they want to do the home city – stadiums where teams are playing at home and traveling and doing all that having an every day these guys interacting to me seems like that would raise the risk of a potential virus spreading throughout the league because if they're interacting more on an everyday basis rather than spacing out being able to test more and have more time to figure things out i mean i would think that's where mlb might be in trouble in that aspect yeah and i think one thing that's really interesting is you know i think I've said this multiple times. If if there's any major sport in America that comes back first, I thought it would be Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. But if you take me away from that and you tell me, and you were looking at just the Rona and getting back to normal, what's the next sports we're going to see? I've said it on this show multiple times. It's opening day 2021. I you know I th- I think NFL's in huge jeopardy. I think college football's in huge jeopardy. Especially I, college football. Especially college football. Well, I mean, <laughs> with the NCAA coming out today, I mean, that clearly says SEC, ACC, Big Ten, open up. Yeah. Sorry, Pac-12. Sorry, you guys are following science, but we don't care. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, you know, I, you know, and I still believe there's a good chance that the next sports we actually see is 2021. Um, but Major League Baseball, I feel like, once again, can't get out of their way in this. You know, they could have they done everything, but then they just had to throw another one in there and rile up the players. And if the players don't play, did they, did they not think the players would get frustrated by this? They did had they think to they have. would just be like, whatever. I love the sport. I want to play like, no, these are human beings, right? Like I love the sport too, but you know, I'm not going to, to, to watch major league baseball, Mike, you love baseball, right? Yes. The Yanks, Good chance the Yanks win the World Series if the 2020 season goes, right? They got to be one of the top contenders, right? I would imagine. Yep. The only way you can watch. I'm missing a whole year of Garrett Cole and Pinstripes. That makes me sad. He's not sad unless he gets, unless he doesn't get his money. Um, uh, if you, the only way you can watch the Yanks go on a World Series run is if you have to sit in a crowded, hazy bar shoulder to shoulder with no tests and no face coverings and no stipulations. Are you willing to do that? No. See? And I think that's a little bit of what Snell's alluding to. It's also a little different because I've seen my team win a lot of titles where I think. Oh, boy. Here star- we go. Wow. Jeez, wow. Mike. I'm throwing a bone your way. <laughs> star oh Cleveland Indian and Baltimore Orioles fan may be more willing to stand in a hazy bar shoulder to shoulder with people with no tests. Can you believe this guy right now? We, you we're willing it. to take on death to see a World <laughs> Series. Mike, eh, I've seen a couple. You know what? Yeah, Mike, I am. Bring it on. Find me the bar. Okay. I'll be in New York City. Okay. Shoulder to shoulder with my AK-47. <laughs> that escalated quickly. <laughs> yeah, I I, I I, think that changes the argument, though, because, I mean, this was brought up on primetime last week because they were watching the Diamondbacks-Yankees game. and I, I From 2001? Yeah. It game was, seven? Uh, it was game... 
five. Who cares? Five, six, and seven are awesome. <laughs> uh, game four, actually. Game four or five. Um, and they were like, oh, Mike, you like this World Series so much. Why? And it was like, well, because it's a great World Series. Mm-hmm. Like, I know my team loses, but it's the some of the best games I've ever seen. Yeah. And they're like, you only say that because you had already seen your team win them. And I was like, maybe. I mean, if that was my only team's law, I mean, the way you bring up the Cubs game. 2016 was a magical year, man. But you're still heartbroken. I'm, I'm heartbroken by it, but, man, that World Series was good. But you bring up the rain delay as if it killed your soul. It was an act of God. It was an act, act of, of God. God, God decided on that day that they. The, the Cubs were going to win the World Series. God decided that they were a Cub fan. Yeah. Ooh, I see what you did there. I listened to primetime at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we did uh, get this text, too. I know we're going to break here. But it said, is it fair for me to ask my MLB TV subscription money back or or no charge for next season? What a he- headache for them. I have I haven't seen one email. Not a thing. And I, I expected to see, like, hey, we know the season's shorter, so we're going to give you a percentage of your money back. We will class action lawsuit you again. Right. <laughs> so you have to – you are capped at charging us, not just for another two more years, but for the rest of eternity. Yes. But, like, I expect an email that says... And I want says, my local market games! <laughs> I expect an email that says, like, hey, if we have a shortened season, we'll refund you back some of your money. Or just, hey, we are looking into this and trying to find the best possibilities. Yeah, they've gone radio silent. <laughs> um, and if now their only plan is 82 games, uh, excuse me, MLB TV, I better not be paying $130 anymore. You better be refunding me, like, at least 50 of that. <laughs> yeah, but my friends who share my account, you still owe me the same amount. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be interesting. It... We'll see. I just, I, I, I worry. MLBPA is not to be messed with. They are one of the strongest unions in the world for a reason. Uh, they have guaranteed contracts with no salary cap. That It's insane. And their players, on a whole, probably make more than any other league. Yep. I think the NBA is probably getting close. but uh, I think overall baseball makes more. But overall baseball makes more. There's more players. Um, so that, so we'll see, we'll keep an eye on it. We'll keep, we'll keep updating you guys on, on major league baseball and all that kind of stuff. As we go through this, I know we're kind of getting a little scrape in the bottom of the barrel on this stuff, but we'll get it. We'll do the best we can. And, uh, when we come back, we'll, we'll dive into some more stuff. This is the hot corner 10, a the fan. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. So is Tombstone based in Kansas? You were saying it was... Where's where's Tombstone? Yeah, yeah, Tombstone's in Kansas. It it uh, happened at the OK Corral? Yeah. That's what it's based off of? Well, the OK Corral is in Tombstone, the city. Which is in... I believe Kansas. it's in Kansas, yeah. But Wyatt Earp made his bones in Missouri. Right. I believe he's a Kansas City, Missouri guy. And him and his brothers went to Tombstone to settle down uh, and grow old. The Tombstone, Arizona. Oh, there you go. Out west. Well, that makes sense. That's what I thought. I was going to say Kansas. But I'm pretty sure Wyatt Earp, you were saying Wyatt Earp in Kansas City, and they had said in the intro it was Texas, and I was like, where is this? But I'm pretty sure Wyatt Earp made his bones in Missouri. It's Earp. Sorry, I just had to. That was like a five-letter word. Well, I don't know. You just type so damn fast. Oh. Uh, that's one of those movies that I really want to rewatch. No, it was Arizona Territory. 
Oh, really? The whole time? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there goes that history. Sorry, There's I'm not an old a... West lawman and gambler in uh, Cochise or Cochise County, Arizona Territory, and a deputy marshal in Tombstone. Oh, okay. So Arizona, all Arizona. Well, I, I tend to be a history Truly buff. Truly the West. I tend to be a history buff. My my old man kind of put that on me, and I kind of learned that from him, and I get a kick out of it. But the old West period is such a strange thing. Strange thing. It's been romanticized in films. And in folklore, but it really only it's only like five to eight years of American history because once the railroad was built, everything caught up to speed. They did spend some time in Kansas, though. I'm looking here. Uh, Wichita, Kansas. Uh, Dodge City, Kansas. Dodge City, what up? Um, Scrolling, scrolling, and then moved to Tombstone. So, yeah. Not yeah. KC, but Kansas. So, you know, I'll give you credit yeah. for that. Keith just texted in on this on the text line 55305. Tombstones in Arizona, Dodge City's in Kansas, where Wider made his name. The Kansas City Law Dog. There you go. Okay. See? So I'm not I'm not totally wrong. No. I was wrong I'm on a lot of you, stuff. I'm giving you credit for it. But I'm also willing to admit that I was wrong on a lot of stuff. I'm giving you credit for it. Accept the credit. Yes. <laughs> nice. 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 So I was thinking about this. Major League Baseball put out the 67-page document of the safety protocols. and uh, made it to 69. Would have been nice. <laughs> nice. Or 420, one of the two. XX underscore 420, 69. Nice. <laughs> underscore XX. XX. <laughs> Sounds like a gamer tag. That was the point. Uh, that's the point. Capital X, lowercase x. hundred <laughs> percent. Yep. Yeah, but me being the hipster, I'd be lowercase x, capital X. Right. Of course, you know, of course. I don't want to be like everybody else. Or you just do two lowercase x's. <laughs> Throw a couple underscores in there. Triple the X. System. How about triple X, XXX? Mm, no, that's too porny. Live girls. <laughs> 69 underscore nice. XXX underscore nice. <laughs> um, that would be very strange. So major league baseball put out their uh, document of the safety precautions they are going to take. And I'm not going to bore you through it. It's, it's all the same kind of stuff, testing and social distancing and blah, 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 blah. But there were some few funny things in there. And one of them is no spitting. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious what kind of things in your day to day life, and you can hit us on the, on the uh, fan text line, five, five, three, oh, five. Uh, what are the things that you would consider normal to your life that someone was like, you can't do? Because I feel like spitting on a baseball field is pretty common. It's like breathing. Yeah. If you're Andrew Jones standing in center field, (laughs) RIP, Andrew Jones, I did like him. He's not dead, but he's not in the league. (laughs) Uh, I think he's playing in Japan, or he was supposed to. Uh, If you're standing in center field and clearly you're social distancing, (laughs) Why can't I, uh, you know, because it's hot because the other center fielder could then like dive for a ball and get it on his skin. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You got to think about it like that. No, that no, that's ridiculous. Too logical. Too logical. Too based on science. Too based on science. Right. Sorry. The chances like what if he ran to the corner I mean, the and chances like, are what if he slim. had a little spit spot? If he was like, this is where I spit. That's disgusting. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, sure, but I think it's just a rule of thumb. Like, Each player has a spitter out there. In the <laughs> yeah. It's they like those little no, like truck like... stop paper cups. <laughs> yeah. They're like <laughs> they have their old spittoons. No tobacco though. No gonna, chewing tobacco. If we're gonna stick with our westerns, spittoons. Each position player has a spittoon next to him, <laughs> and it's just like a ball hits it, and the spit just goes flying everywhere. It's disgusting. But I wonder. I wonder if there's. I wonder if there's anything in your life. Cracking that, my knuckles. That Cracking your knuckles, that'd yeah. be the one for you. Because I do it without thinking about it. 
And I have like, a, there's a couple of just like ways that I do it where I just kind of bend the finger and you mm-hmm. can probably hear it on yeah. the microphone because I'm doing I, it now. I just heard it. I mean, that would be damn near impossible for me to stop because it's completely subconscious at this mm-hmm. point. I don't do it with the intent of doing it. It just happens. Yeah. A couple of mine are uh, when I get in the truck and drive, no matter where I'm going, no matter what the weather is outside, crack the window. I like the fresh air. Yeah. I mean, if it if it's 30 degrees outside, probably not. But if it's raining, if it's raining, dude, literally from 45 degrees and up, I'm cracking a window. Even if the rain's getting in the truck. Well, you only crack it enough so the rain doesn't get in the truck. I'm not okay. rolling it all the way down. I, the other one is the biggest thing, the hardest thing for me with the Rona is touching my face, man. Yeah, I'm I bad love at touching my face. I'm bad at that. And my love. hair, too. Especially because I haven't cut it for two months. Um, touching the hair and touching the face. I God, I love touching my face. I, me, too. I can't stop. It's so great. I will uh, nastily admit I am a little bit of a fingernail biter. Ooh, here. ditto. I'm right there with you, Joe. So can you imagine? It's like, Joe... We are going to fine you $5,000 a show, and you do 160 shows a year. If you bite your nails, I'm fining you $5,000. Yeah, I'm not biting my nails anymore. I'll buy whatever I need. You know that bitter stuff that you can put on your nails? Yeah. Yeah, I'm applying those every 15 minutes to keep i'm keeping those babies wet ready to go the, anytime i try the producer it. booth just stinks of this yeah. nail polish yeah. stuff you're gonna, you're gonna spend more than five thousand dollars on the bittering stuff so is it worth it i'll break even probably <laughs> well in that case i'm just biting my nails that's baseball baby this text says i cannot not touch my own facial hair yeah it's the truth you know how much I love touching my mustache? As he does it now. Oh, man. In a shared studio it's that so other people great. have sat in. It was so great. What an example. Yeah. Come yeah. on, Patrick. Well, the Rona There will, are kids listening. The Rona will die before Dusty gets in here in the morning. That's not true at all. No? No. I thought it was like eight hours. I'm pretty sure it lasts a little longer than that. <laughs> what, what is the I'm misinformation just... <laughs> anyway? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Dude, the biting fingernails. I've never been a fingernail biter. Um, I, I wouldn't call it like picking my nose, but I do a little like you nostril, a little nostril pick. No, you Dude, man, yeah, I pick my nose. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I pick my nose. Well, I have I, no I, problem with that. No, no, I do. I'm just saying, I, I do. Oh, it's like a like a, a twitch, as like a, as like a little like a little nervous tick. Mm-hmm. I just like I'll grab the nostril. Yeah, and like do a little like you pull down a, on it. You should get a nose ring. No. Well, that might suffice it though. No, I'm good. What if they were like, I'll find you $5,000 a day if you touch your nostril, but if you get a nose ring, you won't touch your nostril? Mm, I think I just stopped touching my nostril. <laughs> Everybody's so adverse to change. Major League Baseball players are like, nope. <laughs> nope, you can't tell me I can't spit. That's what I do. Dude. I'm not adverse to it. I would say I would change. It reminds, would me, stop it. It reminds me of one of my favorite stories of all time, and it's when they told Major League uh, managers that they were going to have to jog to the uh, – Pitcher's mouth for pitching changes, and Jim Leland said, look, man, I smoke a pack and a half a day of cigarettes. I'm not jogging anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line from him. I love that line, even though that man was a thorn in my side for the Tigers and beat my Indians in 97 with the Marlins. Such a great line. Such a great line. All right, when we come back, I want to dive in our last-minute thoughts of the last dance as that did finish up because I don't get to talk to anybody about it, just – me and my girl watch, and that's kind of all we get to do. So we'll do that next. But first, here's Joe with sports.
This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. Well, last dance is in the book. It is. Call it what it is. It's over. Of course, everyone's mad because it didn't end how they wanted to. What'd you want? The Jazz to win? Come on. <laughs> we know how this was going to go. I think a lot of people did want the Jazz to win, yeah. I mean, I love Stockton. I hate Malone. Love Stockton. Love Stockton. I learned that Malone was not a good person today. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, Carl- knew, I knew nothing about Carl Malone outside of that he was the power forward for the Jazz and was really good. And then I found out that he was like a child rapist. Allegedly or something? Allegedly. Yeah. Well, Let's I be mean, easy on that. Well, I said allegedly. <clears throat> I mean, there was well, one There was a child. long pause in between that. <laughs> I said the word. I know what I need to say. Uh, I never liked Carl Malone as a player because I always thought he got away. I always thought he was a dirty player. I thought he got away with a lot. When his his turnaround jumper, his, his you know, back down in the post, you know, kind of did the Charles Barkley move straight out of the YMCA. Yeah, straight out of YMCA. <laughs> but whenever he turned around, he would always kick his leg out and would kick the defender and half the time would get the foul called on the defender for it. And I just thought that was kind of dirty. And you know, I think Carl Malone was a really good player. Obviously, the man can play basketball really well, but he benefited from, you know, the greatest traditional point guard of all time. And you know, there's a reason Stockton has a thousand more assists than Jason Kidd, who's at number two, because, you know, he had a great facilitator and he and he could score. He could shoot. I think you put Stockton on any other squad and Stockton is doing just that, if not more, if not winning a title. Can you imagine Stockton distributing the ball to to Michael? Right. To LeBron, to Kobe, things yeah. like that. I mean, like that that'd be really cool. I did enjoy the last few episodes. Um I find it interesting that Carl Malone was not talked about much. And I think well, he wasn't a, interviewed. And I think a lot of that has to do with I think Michael Jordan deep down inside really does not like that guy. I I wouldn't be surprised. And not I just mean, the he, MVP he finds thing. hatred for anybody that he wants to dislike. <laughs> I love that meme. Nobody. Michael Jordan. I'm taking it personally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh but I, I I and and I'm with you, and that's how they built it. And I think that's an easy way to kind of Look at it. Oh, yeah, Michael doesn't like anybody. Everything's, you know, everything's, you know, a reason for him to, to to work harder. But I honestly think he did not like Carl Malone. There's no reason to not talk about one of the most dominant players of the 90s. They talked about Charles. They even touched a little bit on Isaiah. But they just, Carl Malone just, he was like, yeah, he won the MVP and it pissed me off. Carl Malone's a good player. Done. I mean, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't actually view it that way. I mean, you're probably right that there's something going on behind the scenes there. I just kind of viewed it as John Stockton was the voice of the jazz in the documentary. Mm -hmm. He was. I would have loved to hear from Hornacek because I liked him too. Yeah. Or Jerry Sloan a little more. And so I I just figured, oh, that's the only guy that they got, and that's who they wanted to be the one that was the voice. And I don't know. I mean, to be honest with you, the last two episodes were good, but they didn't hold the same kind of like – they didn't hold my attention as much as the first eight. Yeah. Which is not saying a lot like, oh, eight of your ten were really, really great and this last <laughs> two were good. But I, I didn't I didn't find myself as engaged with the last two for some reason. I don't know why. Well, I'll tell you this, man. The series on a whole, and and I thought this earlier. Now I was massively entertained. Yes. And I am not gonna, I am not gonna back down. I was massively entertained. 
by this whole thing. But as far as documentaries go, I'm kind of with Ken Burns on this one. I don't think it was that great. I've seen a bunch of 30 for 30s better than this. Uh, I, I just, I didn't love the overall concept how they did it. Now, get that aside. That's just that. I did think it was really good. I, I did enjoy it a lot. One thing that I felt that I got really, I got a lot of validation from was I thought of all the players that Michael went up against, whether it was Patrick Ewing, Carl Malone, Charles Barkley, Magic, Bird, Isaiah, Bad Boys, whatever. I thought Reggie Miller got a decent love in that. Which, thought- may, which again, this being all kind of controlled by Michael makes me think that MJ has a lot of respect for Reggie. And well, Reggie being my favorite player of all time, kind of, I, I got lucky. I'm one of the few people that is going to sit here outside of Indianapolis and tell you that Reggie Miller is my favorite right, player of all time. Because generally hate Reggie Miller. Yeah, but I, I loved him as a kid. And watching that, I thought there was a lot of respect for Michael for Reggie. I think you could tell that. And didn't Reggie Miller say something like he, they like went at it and Michael respected that he kind of went back at him and was the Mm -hmm. same kind of player with the same kind of mindset and wanted to win at all costs kind of thing. I also thought Reggie Miller spoke about Michael Jordan with such joy, which was funny for a guy who lost to him. He liked the competition a lot. But uh, a lot. Most of the most of the players who spoke of Michael spoke of a great player, but there wasn't a lot of joy behind it. It was probably more like sour great memories of like, oh my god, we couldn't beat him. Um, whereas remember Gary I, Payton. Oh, well, I got this. Well, well, I mean, I remember seeing a quote, and it surprised me seeing John Stockton in the last few episodes because <clears> I thought I saw a quote saying, "I don't want to be a part of no Jordan puff piece" or something like that. Like. It was on Bleacher Report or something. I can, Stockton? Yeah, I can find it because it definitely was a few days or a week or before these last few episodes. And then I heard that he was going to be on it. Mm. And so I thought it was obviously contradicting what he said before. Yeah, I don't know. But that's got to be hard for some of those guys. I mean, some guys probably just turned it down out of the fact of being a competitor and just like, no, I don't want to. No, I don't want to talk about losing, but well, there was so a lot of guys that were willing to talk. So, How many of those guys have answered questions about Michael Jordan their entire career? Exactly. Like, I don't need to sit down for a three-hour interview or whatever on a documentary. Quote from the director, I finally got Stockton on the phone after like two years of chasing him because Stockton said, quote, I don't want to be a part of a Michael Jordan puff piece. Mm. Gotcha. See, Interesting. You, you got to imagine how long it took. To, yeah, I mean, years convincing john stockton to try and do that well, i mean that's that's back-to-back seasons in the finals and you and know it, it, in 98 they that, probably should have won they were a better team and to I mean, be fair it kind of turned into a puff piece at the end it was very it, it was, did it was fun it was entertaining i learned a lot as someone who didn't get to watch a lot of michael jordan growing up i learned a lot about him and the teams or i learned a lot about what michael jordan wanted me to learn i'm right there uh, with you mike i learned a lot too yeah but like yeah God, at the, the end man. it was at the end, it was a Michael Jordan highlight film, and I liked yeah. it. And it was—I still consider it a documentary because it was a documentary. It just was very slanted because who owned the footage? Michael Jordan. Well, and who that, was the main interviewee? Michael Jordan. Yeah, so. and that—and that was my biggest issue. That's why when when I, you know, I'm not here to sound controversial or have some sort of big big point. That—that's why I didn't love the documentary. I'm not sure what you're saying is controversial. A lot of people agree with you. Well, I know, but I also don't want to be a part of that as well. I'm just saying I didn't love it as a documentary because it was billed to me as the Last Dance, the '97 '98 Bulls, and. The whole time it was a Michael Jordan piece, which I'm okay with because I grew up with MJ. MJ is life as a kid. 
You know, like I think I saw on the fan text line, might have been from primetime, somebody texted in, you know, was like anybody that's, was anybody that's not a Bulls fan, like legitimately hate the Bulls? I was a Pacer fan as a kid, and, was, they, and they smoked us all the time, and I never hated them because it was just like, that was uh, probably it, Michael. my tweet that you saw because I asked. Well, maybe it was a tweet from you. Because I asked that. I was like, man, after watching this, it seemed like, I mean, everybody loves Michael Jordan. And, what, I mean, this wasn't a traditional power like the Lakers or Celtics right. winning six out of eight years. So I was like, did anybody really even, were, were they upset about the Bulls dominating like this? Right. And Sprague even said, he's like, they were the last acceptable dominant franchise. Yeah, because as 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 a Pacer fan, we would go to, we would just go to battles with the Knicks. It was like Pacers, Knicks in the playoffs every year. Winner loses to Michael. <laughs> and you'd get there, and there's that 98 season. And Reg, they, we, the Pacers were the better team. 100% were the better team. Oh, when they read off that roster in that episode, it's all stupid. the players they had, I was like, damn, that is a good team. Does it really make sense team. why I was a Pacer fan when I was a kid? Like, they were so good, and Bird was such a great coach, and he understood how to get out Michael, but at the end of the day, Mike did Mike, Yep, and it was over. He knew how to win games. And he got to win games. He knew how to do it. Yeah. But, I mean, overall, I thought it was very enjoyable, and uh, I think one thing that's easy to forget is – Especially early, we got the Michael episode, the Scotty episode, the Rodman episode, and the Phil episode. Mm -hmm. So it was the last dance. See, and that's and I was loving that. And then it and then we got we got a little Steve Kerr episode in there towards the end. Yeah, the Steve Kerr episode only happens because he's the coach of the Warriors. Let's be real. No, 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 no. Steve Kerr episode happens because he got punched in the face and his father also died. He has a compelling story. Yeah, Yeah. that that that's ten minutes. Also because he hit a shot. That's why Paxson's being interviewed so much because he had one of the big shots. I mean, it's like it, it was relevant. That's all. And it, and can't you say that? I mean, the 97-98 Bulls team, it is, you know, <laughs> when you look at the Bulls as a whole, it's like it's Michael Jordan and everybody else. Yes, yeah, Scottie yeah. Pippen is great. Dennis Rodman. They, I mean, like, they gave love to B.J. Armstrong. I thought they did B.J. Armstrong well. I thought they did Horace Grant well. That's a lot of stuff he got to fit in. Even though he called him a snitch. Yeah, set, set aside the snitch stuff. I thought they did Horace Grant in decently. Ten, ten episodes, you got to fit in nearly 20 years of stories and backstories. Where's and my that? Luke Longley love, though? <laughs> no Luke Longley love. There's Bill Wellington we all over the thing. Tony Kukoc love. Tony Kukoc, I thought, was the... It was un- minor, but it was interesting. I thought, I thought Kukoc was the underlying uh, story that was still done decently. I think you can tell Michael danced around that. But they still gave Kukoc the amount of love he deserved. Yeah. Yep. Anyway. I liked it. And I, I learned more about Michael as a person, even even though people are saying he's lying now. like the. I don't think Mike lies. Well, we'll, I don't think we'll he probably has, never find out. I don't think he has any reason to lie. Now, can the, I? Admit, the only thing I think Michael Jordan would ever lie about is anything related to gambling. So now, with all the documentary being out and everyone comparing it to some of the better documentaries, I have to admit, I need to watch Ken Burns baseball. It's I bad, do too. It's the best sports documentary in the world. I, I, oh, my dad owned it on VHS, and I watched. <laughs> I want to say the first. Oh, shut up. My dad recorded it off TV and VHS. It just brings me back. Press the tracking button. I was going to say, I know that you know. I'm a millennial. I know that you know. I hate both of you. (laughs) I know that you know VHSs, Joe. I was like, come on. You're not that much younger than me. Um, So I watched, I want to say, the first couple. But as a kid, it just didn't hold my attention that well. So I want to watch it now that I am an adult that actually has patience. Right. So.
Right there with you. I want to actually watch that. Uh, baseball is great. Uh, it, it's the best sports documentary out there. It's, you know, what's nine times two and a half? You know, 22 hours, something like that. Is it's that what it is? It's 22 hours of the history of baseball. Yeah. And, I mean, you don't get to, you don't get to Babe Ruth till episode four. And each episode's two and a half hours long. Right. Like, it's fantastic. Except the end very quickly, like, wraps up. It's like, and steroids happened. Okay, bye. Well, and that that was only something that came out after. If you just watch the nine episodes. The original nine? Coincidentally, nine innings. Yeah. Um, that stops right about, I think I think it stops right about uh, Dodgers 88. I think might be where Is it kind of. stops? I think that's kind of where it stops. Yeah. Interesting. And then, yeah, the 10th inning does some of the 90s stuff, but it really dances around steroids. Which is unfortunate because I love Ken Burns. Yeah, because I'd love to see Ken Burns dive into that stuff. Don't right. dance around things you don't like. <laughs> All right, when we come back, yeah, well, he just didn't want to bash baseball. That's the thing. He doesn't really bash Ty Cobb in it. You mean does- the director of uh, The Last Dance, which he criticized, just didn't want to bash Michael? Oh, interesting. Well, that's because Michael's paying his check. <laughs> baseball wasn't paying Ken Burns' check. I see some similarities. His heart and passion was paying his check. All right, when we come back, we'll wrap this bad boy up. This is the Hot Corner, 1080 The Fan. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. Yeah, it's interesting to think, you know, I think so many people are are, are quick to, you know, you know, Mike mentioned this of Mike mentioned this of the Bulls being like the last dynasty that people didn't hate. You know, but I I, I think one crazy thing about all that is the NBA became dynasties after that. Was, well, and not even it was after kind that. Of already it was already there. Already, already like, dynasty. yeah, the NBA, the NBA, you could argue, has always been a dynasty. Sure, you can throw in a title for the Blazers and a title for the Sonics and a title for the Mavericks and a the Pistons and a in title the 2000s. For the, yeah, in the early 2000s, the Pistons get a title and even the Cavs get a title. But Basketball has has always been that way. Or the Rockets for two years, you know. Sure, they won back-to-back, but there was no Michael. And everyone's always going to look at that. The NBA has been, I would even say this, with Yankees winning 27 titles in baseball, basketball is the worst when it comes to parity. It's absolutely the worst. Here are your teams. It's terrible. Lakers, Celtics. Lakers, Celtics. Bulls, Spurs, and you can't really even say Bulls anymore. I mean, it's been right, right, and it's been so long over twenty years. But six is six, six and eight is yeah. is, is still pretty impressive. They've earned their seat at the table. They've earned, yeah. If if the Celtics dominate, if if the Celtics or Lakers dominate through the eighties and don't come back again, they get to sit at the table still. But they came back. But I mean, throw. Throw the Warriors in. I'll give the Warriors love for that. Mm-hmm. Spurs for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that that brief little spot of the Heat. But do you even call that a dynasty? That's more one? of a LeBron dynasty because yeah, he did it with the Cavs and the Heat. Yeah, that's yeah. only that's only the little LeBron thing. But, I mean, the NBA, I mean, that that that's all it is is dynasties. Yep. That all it is is eras. You know, you've got Lakers-Celtics. Well, you've got Celtics. And then you've got Lakers-Celtics. And then you've got Jordan. And then you've got Lakers, 
and then Spurs, even though the Spurs got one before the Lakers came back. Then you get your little LeBron thing here and there intermingled with your Warriors, which watch out in 2021, that team might win a... They might have Giannis, yeah. Yeah, that 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 team might win an NBA final again or like five more. You know, what else is going on? Does that make the NBA that great? I mean, I think it depends on if you like the sport and the product that it puts out there. I mean, yeah, it's frustrating. Um it I'll tell you what, it defines the periods of my life. That is true. And as a easy. kid, it's as a kid, it's Jordan. High school's Kobe. After it, that's LeBron. It is easy. Now's Warriors. It is easy to just use the NBA as a marker. And it, it makes it, I, I would say this, it makes it more memorable because you have a long period of time with one dominant team. So mm-hmm. you're like, man, don't you remember the Kobe Shaq Lakers and how good they were? Even though if you're a Blazer fan during that like, time, no! you have terrible memories of it and you didn't make a finals. So it's like, do you think Great, the Lakers did it constantly, but you still remember it as like this positive thing of like that great team. And I think people hate the Warriors, but give it a little bit of time. They're going to go, oh, my God. Do you remember how good that Steph, Clay, and Draymond team was? And can you believe they added Kevin Durant? Right. Holy cow. Do you think it adds to the positiveness of folklore of NBA? Yes. And, and I, th- I think if anything, to wrap up this, you know, to bring a full circle with Last Dance... I think, if anything, it just reminds us that the NBA, because it has such defined eras. Like, do you do you guys remember the late 90s, early 2000s of the NFL? That's not an era. No. I mean, I remember it because my team won the Super Bowl L- a couple LA times. won a couple titles. Ravens sneak one in. Mm. Brett Favre got his. The Rams. The Rams, greatest show on turf. The Patriots yep. begin. Yep. But it's all just kind of all over the place. It's like a jumbled historical mess to where in basketball, you're like, well, yeah, if, if you're 50 right now, you're like, yeah, I had Magic Bird. Then I went to Michael. And then I went to Kobe Shaq. And then I went to Duncan. And then LeBron came around. Yep. And the and Warriors. The yeah. yeah. And then the super teams. I think also what it does is it is it. What's the right word? It memorializes or it, it makes more memorable the runners up as well. And I think watching the last dance was a kind of a wake up call for that of like how many teams had their shot and they failed. Charles. Yeah, you had the Stockton Malone. You had the Pistons. Peyton Kent. Late, you had the Blazers. You had the Sonics. You had the Jazz. You had all of these teams. The Knicks, the Pacers, etc. Rockets never. Akeem never met Michael yeah. in the finals because they were dealing with the West. And then uh, they won the finals when Michael went to baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but he even faced Shaq. <laughs> it makes those those team. It, it makes you remember those as well of the the almost, yeah. the almost wins. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's pretty quite pretty pretty crazy, pretty wild stuff. All right, we'll be back next week with you know whatever we do here. As the microphones are going to stay on, and this uh, little little tiny show we do here is going to be back for you on Wednesday. Beers on Us podcast drops tomorrow at four p.m. Get that wherever you get your podcasts, including at Tinny the Fan and Radio.com. We'll see you next week. Go do something I would do, like continue to love Reggie Miller.